Let's get ready to rumble. Yes, we're back. It's episode 78 of the Hibs Ramble, take two. Uh, we attempted um, the first take uh, on Monday night, but um, it did not work. So we're here on Tuesday night um, and just trying again. We're trying again. Um, so I'm joined again by Ryan and Sean. How are you, my boys? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good, I'm good. I'm uh, good to see that we're testing out a new sound system, so hopefully that does everything for everyone. Yeah, we're testing out a new sound system and also the new video system, so hopefully we look better and we sound better as well. How are you, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, I'm all good. I'm I'm glad that we've we've went again and we've not had a big fallout and we've managed to patch things up. So, yeah, yeah no, I'm happy. Listen, when Hibs went at the weekend, the following few days afterwards always a wee bit sweeter, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it was a good win. Obviously, we're in the hat for the next round of the Cup. Um, we drew Rangers, of course, but uh, first things first, a 3-1 win at um, Inverness at the weekend. What's their stadium called, Sean? I can't remember. In Tal- uh, Caledonian Stadium. Caledonian Stadium, somewhere. Uh, absolute shithole. Um, not a big fan of it. I don't think I'll go back. But, Sean, uh, a promising performance obviously we're looking a little bit better a little bit more solid with those three in midfield would you would you think yeah um i think the fact that we had a good lively performance against celtic as well um we touched on it last week at you know a week is a long time in football we've had three games um and i think the lively performance and the desire and fight against um celtic allowed us to to set up in the way that we did away at away at Inverness, um, I know Craig is no longer on the call with us, so I'll I'll say it again, like I said last night, come and fight me, Craig. Uh, money has changed. It was has not been a four four two until the Celtic game. Um, yeah, since Marcondes came in, you could see that we had maybe dropped. He was still obviously up as a supporting striker, but he was coming in and filling in a gap into the midfield and giving us a third body in there. And there were spells against Kilmarnock that that. It worked, obviously. St Mirren was, was a shit show for everyone involved. Um, but you could see clear as day that it was a real change in shape against Celtic. And um, I'm sure Ryan will come on to, to talk about you know, Monty's and principles and you know how good it is that he's able to maybe tweak and, and change it slightly. Um, the fact that we now look like we've got a better quality player in and around that midfield three that seem at the moment to be complementing each other is really, really good. Um, I like the fact that he wasn't at the weekend anyway, and the Inverness game. I know we'll kind of bounce between Celtic and Inverness on, on this pod. I I like the fact that Monty wasn't afraid to change it at halftime either to try and get more out of the out of the starting eleven as well. Exactly, Ryan. A change in uh, formation, a change in personnel as well. We've seen uh, Luke Amos and Mayenda start um, their first starts for the club. How do you think that they got on? First of all, well, think, actually, I'm I'm saying, how do you think you got on? I know that you didn't watch the game, so yeah, like every other <laughs> person that didn't go to the game, I watched the eight minute highlight package, but I watched it about ten times, so technically, I seen the ninety minutes. Um, <laughs> now, listen, from what I seen, I was quite impressed with the manner of the the performance. It was quite professional. It would have been a cup game and a potential banana skin. I think there was a lot of people that were willing in Burness to beat Hibs, whether that be the media outlets or the radio, but. We were fairly convincing and professional in the end. I know it was nil-nil at half-time, but I think we kind of never got out of second gear. Um, would that be fair to say? I know you were there. We seemed to have yeah. complete control of the game and the spells that I'd seen we were building up from the back and playing through the three in midfield and out into the wide areas. Um, as Sean said about the change of shape, I think that's not only benefited the team as a whole, but also certain individuals. Um, we've seen Martin Boyle raise his performance over the weekend. He was involved in a couple of the goals. And we've got a number of players that can play in those positions now, um, especially after the transfer window. And again, in hindsight, we importantly got a lot of minutes in the legs that were probably needing it. Um, Amos, as you said, got 45, so did Maenda. An hour for my leader. And then we had Lafondra and Cadden coming off the bench. So going into the next few weeks where we've got tough fixtures, it's really good to kind of integrate these guys into the squad fully, get them up to... 100% match fitness and, and sharp and firing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Sean said a week in a week in football is a very long time. And you look at this time last week and, you know, uh, Amos didn't look like he was ready to play 
Um, my ender didn't look like he was ready to play. Cadden certainly didn't look it. So, you know, we're we're looking so much stronger personnel-wise heading into that game against Aberdeen at the weekend. Um, but, you know, especially in that right-back area, you know, we've kind of had a, a wee bit of trouble at some points this season when, you know, when Miller's been away to the Asian Cup, of course, Cadden's been injured and we've had to be uh, a wee bit more reliant on the young laddies, Megwa and, and Whitaker. So I think Cadden coming back and Miller being back from the Asian Cup, Sean, is going to be a big relief for them because... Um, you know, time after time, game after game, you saw, you know, teams targeting our right-hand side and it, it can be good for Rory Whitaker or can I make with development? No, completely agree. Um, I think when, just before Lewis went to, to the Asia Cup, you could see like a, his performance did start to tail off a little bit and everyone was, you know, giving it, oh, I told you so, he's not that great, blah, 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 whatever. But then the weeks prior to that, you know, we were saying he was, you know, Second coming a eh, eh, Cafu. So, effect. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, like I said, uh, a week is a, a long time in football, and yes, he had tailed off before the the Asia Cup. But you see, uh, you saw the real level of performance. I mean, he seems to save his best performances against Celtic, and it was another you know fantastic performance from him. Just goes to show what we have been missing since he's been away, um, and the fact that we've now got a better level of personnel in other areas of the pitch has meant that Martin Boyle is now back in his natural position and to touch on the, the shape again <clears throat> the fact that whether it's Eli Yuan on the left or anyone else out on the left and then you've got Martin Boyle on the right it takes a little bit of pressure off them defensively because you've got the, the ability of, of Jordan Obiar at left back and you've got Lewis Miller at, at right back who can bomb up and down um, and like I said having that extra body in the midfield as well in the centre of the park has helped um, especially against Celtic, Joe Newell was dropping really, really deep as well. So I think all in all, in comparison over the two the two games, it's it's been a real good insight to maybe see what we actually have a little bit more. I touched on it in last week's episode about the fact that Monty said, and kind of felt it myself as well when I asked how we would maybe get on in March or in February going into March, um, and I kind of felt it would be fully up to speed towards the end of the month. And we're slowly starting to see that. We're seeing longer spells of dominance from certain individuals and a better level of performance for individuals as well. And, you know, you can just you mention Lewis Miller. I mentioned Martin Boyle. Mariah Welsh against Celtic was absolutely tremendous. Phenomenal performance with him. Um, whether it's him or whether it be any of the attackers that we've brought in, whether it's Marcondes or whoever we like to pigeonhole certain players into certain roles, but I like the fact that quite a few of the players, whether it be Amos or Mariah Wells, they seem like they can do a bit of both. Um, whether it be mm -hmm. the dogged work defensively, but then the box-to-box, -the -box, and they've got a wee bit of class about them. There's a couple of good touches they play for Luke Amos and Mariah Welsh, as well as digging in and making good challenges. Yeah. And the same goes by with our front attacking players. We've got a lot of you know fluid players, I would say. I wouldn't say that now, whereas three or four weeks ago, we maybe had a, a quite rigid team where players could only play in that set position and maybe Monty structured them and wouldn't let them leave that kind of position. I think that hindered us. But when you've got players like Lewis Miller, we can bomb up. Cadden is now getting fit. We can bomb up and down. Um, Ryan touched on it in last night's failed episode that Cadden <laughs> can obviously play in a number of positions. We have a lot of good quality players who are now getting back up to speed and have improved the squad in comparison to what where we were at at the end of December, and we're now not a we're not more rigid than what we're we're a lot less rigid. Sorry, so we're a lot more fluid in regards to both front to back. Um, as long as we can kind of keep that back line, I know we touched on it last night. The back line and the defend uh, and the goalkeeper kind of being the same, everything from there onwards. If we can get that a little bit more fluid and give people a little bit more freedom to roam a little bit more, I think we'll start to see a lot more of a stronger performance on a more consistent basis. 100%. I mean, as Sean touched on there, Ryan, you know, we we didn't really know come, you know, the deadline day whether it was a, a good window or not. On paper, you, you look at the signings that we've made, the calibre of players that we brought in, and you thought, no, that's that's a smashing window. And then the first couple of games you play, you're, you're thinking, what the fuck is this? But then, do, do you think it's maybe... Uh, well, I mean, people like to write players off, but I mean, we we, we shouldn't really. I mean, these players that we've brought in have, have been 
they, they have improved the squad, and that's exactly what money. That's exactly what he wanted. So, do you think we should trust them a wee bit more with the with the team selections and all that? Yeah, absolutely. I think we need to get we need to get behind it. I mean, he's still fairly fresh into his managerial tenure here. I mean, what I do respect about a couple of things he's done is he's adapted um, on more than one occasion, and that doesn't always necessarily mean a change of shape. We've seen after we got beat. From Rangers at Ibrox, he, he kind of played a wee bit more conservatively with the handbrake on a little bit. Maybe a bit too much, and now he's changed shape, having learnt that it's maybe not the way to play in this league and, and needing the numbers in the middle of the park is to not give up that numerical advantage. And You could be better on the transition with an extra body in there. So he has learned from that a couple of times. So, along with Brian McDermott, we probably do need to trust the recruitment process. This is his first window. This is his first go at it. So we need to be a bit more trusting with that. And the fact that the calibre of players we've brought in, the reason we've been able to bring them in is because they haven't been playing, so they're therefore not match fit. So we need to wait until these guys have got minutes in the legs and they're ready to play 90 minutes and then we will see the best out of them. But I think we also need to allow for them adapting to the league because it's very physical and it's quite fast mm -hmm. and frantic. And secondly, the fact that, you know, some of these guys have moved house to, they're not with their families and... I know professional footballers that get paid a lot of money, but if you were told one night still, you're, you're moving the next morning, you know what I mean? You, you're still, it's still a lot to take on board as well as fitting into a new system, a new style of play, new teammates. It, it's a process in which it doesn't happen instantly all the time. So we really need to be patient as a fan base. But I think you've both said the calibre of play we brought in, I, th I think we're probably going to see a bit of success out of a couple of them. Um, a couple of them look yeah. like real players. Exactly. Uh, one that hasn't sort of worked out, someone that we brought in in the summer, Jojo Walcott, Sean. Um, a fee paid for him uh, from Charlton and he's, he's only played a, a couple of games, isn't he? So, what's his future looking like? Yeah, sorry, I was just laughing there because you reminded me about how you positioned it last <laughs> night. But that's it. I was, I was making I, sure that I, I didn't say the, the same thing. Didn't say it again. Yeah, you didn't didn't say that we're in a strong goalkeeping position. Uh -huh. As we've got four of them. Aye. So <laughs> it's a funny. It is a funny one. Out the same the same points that I made last night as well. Like you would expect someone like that have paid a fee for them. Yes, he goes away and is has a wee bit of a laugh and a joke when he's away on international duty because he doesn't play. Obviously, it's an honour to be called up for your country regardless, but... I'd be bugging. It is a bit of a strange one. Yeah, of course you would, especially if How you were getting away from the head and we were absolutely stinking as well. Wouldn't do you know what I mean? Not bad. Um, stuff like that, you kind of feel like it's, it's, a, it's a blessing for these kind of players where they get away and they can kind of go away with a national team and maybe recharge and come back a better person, better player and, and a better mindset as well. And hopefully that is the case with, with Wallacott as well. I think, unfortunately for him, we've obviously changed managers. It was um, Lee Johnson and the recruitment team that, that led that. Um, obviously, it's the same recruitment team, but ultimately the managers had the say in bringing him in. So it's probably unfortunate that maybe Lee Johnson did want to bring him in and then things maybe just didn't work out when he was there and now we've got a new new manager in Nick Montgomery. Nick Montgomery might just not fancy him at all. We just don't know. Um, the fact that it's coincided with us actually getting a, a decent goalkeeping coach coming in as well, or a goalkeeping coach rather than what we had before, um, I think that will obviously help both of both the, or all four of the goalkeepers, but the two main goalkeepers, and it's probably unfortunate for Wallacott as well that when he did get his chance, he never really performed that great. It was a game where we didn't perform well as a team. So naturally, it's going to look negatively upon him. But David Marshall in, in recent games, or in most of Nick Montgomery's tenure, has performed relatively well and been relatively strong, especially in short, sharp mm. um, instances like close to range shots and you know instant reactions. And... I know Marshall is at the age that he's at and he's obviously continuing to improve and try and work on and playing out for the back. But ultimately, you want your goalkeeper to save shots and stop the ball going in the back of the net. And at times, you know, in, in Nick Montgomery's reign, Marshall has been, been able to do that. So potentially, you know, Wallacott just doesn't find himself in, in favour at the moment. I touched on it last night that if Hibs were in a better position and Hibs were in a better place and we were maybe flying in the league, like let's just use Hearts for example, they might have been more, you know, 
happier to have played Waller Court because there wasn't a not 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 necessarily as big a risk, but more about the fact that there isn't maybe less pressure on the team because we're doing well in the league. Whereas if then the result didn't go our way, solidity the look back, don't you? Yeah, correct. And the thing is, like, you don't want to upset that, and you want a strong backline and you want them to play as much games together as possible but there's less of a risk doing it if you're playing well in the league and it's it's a so-called cup game or a lesser game against lesser opposition so it's probably not worked in in Wollacott's favour all the things that I've just mentioned and um, the fact that we're not in a good place or weren't in a good place at the time whereas if we were maybe flying he maybe we would have got another chance so yeah I mean Brian you got to look at it this way you know, if you're Jojo Wallach, or are you are you sticking around and waiting until David Marshall retires uh, or dies? You know, whatever comes first. Uh, you know, by going by the looks of Craig Gordon, I don't think um, goalkeepers have really a, a capped age nowadays. So we might see another couple of years out with David Marshall and, and Jojo Wallach just sitting on the sidelines. You know, if you're in his position, and what what are you doing in the summer? Listen, if if Jojo Wallach getting in and around the international setup, he'll have aspirations to to be playing games for them and. You you cannot do that unless you're playing, playing for your club week in week out. So I would imagine that he's he's probably going to see that. Well, you'll see this season out obviously because the window's shut. Um, I don't know if he was a potential one to go out and the window just passed. But I would say that if he's not in, I don't think he will be in by the end of the season. He'll probably be looking to move on to further his career. He's he's probably at an age now where he also feels he need to be playing every week. Um, whilst I do agree with all Sean's Sean's points, I suppose the devil's advocate on it is. David Marshall won't last forever, and when when do you maybe develop another goalkeeper, whether it be Boric, whether it be Johnson, or or even Wallacott, um, that that would be maybe the argument posed against all the points that Sean said. But I think to have continuity and having the same five guys playing there, and and to play through these principles that Montgomery wants, David Marshall's been very good of late, and he's probably a better distributor of the ball than Wallacott as well. So in order to get through that kind of potential banana skin, you can understand why he played. Um, mm-hmm. The thing is, Wallacott's probably on quite a decent wage as well, so the club might not want him to be hanging around for too long either if there is no intentions to play him. See, the thing for me is that if, you know, when when uh, David Marshall does finally hang up the gloves, and me personally, I'd like someone who's prepped and ready to step right in, you know, is a first-team quality and isn't a project. You know, it's all well and good um, saying, oh, Murray Johnson is, you know, a fantastic young keeper for his age, same with Max Boric, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's the most problematic position on the pitch. You know, if, if someone's not ready, then, you know, that's, and, and they make a mistake, it's going to lead to a goal. You know, if you're a striker, a, a young striker, a young winger, if you make a mistake, chances are, you know, you're, you're going to get away with it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it, it's just what it's one of these ones, eh, you know, where, if you've got a half decent uh, backup goalie, then it usually makes your first team goalie play a little bit better because, you know, Jojo Walker, I would imagine, will be right on Marsh's heels. So, you know, I think it's, it's maybe pushed him on a little bit this season. I think he has performed a bit better in recent weeks, especially since uh, since Monty took over. But it's, it's just one of these ones we're going to wait and see in the summer, eh? But I, I'd be happy to see him stick about and and jump in when whenever Marshall, you know, isn't playing. But then again, you're probably not going to be happy with that. And if you want to play for Ghana, then it's not, yeah. going, to, it's not going to happen for you. But, um, you know, apart from him, an awfully, an awfully strong bench on Saturday. You know, the, the options that we had to come on, Lafondra, Cadden, uh, Emiliano, just to name a few, Sean, the... The squad is in a fantastic place, and you know we've got surely out with Celtic and Rangers, one of the best squads in the division. Eh? I think on on paper, yeah, um, I, I'm inclined to agree. Said it the other week when we were referring to the window, like I genuinely think that the quality player, the profile of the player that we have, is is far superior to how it was at the start of the window, um, and that's ultimately what you want to do. January is a notoriously hard window to recruit. Normally, um, or prior to the window, Monty said that we're only going to bring in players that are going to improve our starting eleven, and other than maybe one, maybe two, um, you're talking four or five of them, in my opinion, do improve our starting eleven. And the fact that 
we've got these types of boys slowly getting up to speed or at least able to contribute something to the starting eleven at the moment is is really good. Ryan touched on it earlier about the fact that these types of players and the profile of these players are maybe only available because of the position they find themselves in. But that's that's just the card that we've been dealt and we need to we need to deal with that and, and handle it in the right way. Who knows, some of these players might not be in favour when they go back to their club and then we might have the opportunity to get them on loan again, similar to Will Fish, or we might be able to secure a secure a deal for some of them. Um so yeah, we're looking now, especially against Celtic. We brought on Luke Amos, we brought on um, Alida, um, and obviously Tavares, which I, I won't get into, but the other two improved, the, the, the starting 11 improved the players that were on uh, on the pitch. We saw a real change in the, the, the level of performance. Um, obviously Dylan Venti was asked to do a real job again against Callum McGregor in the Celtic game, and Alida comes on and bullies the centre, the Celtic centre-halves about. Uh, Luke Amos comes on, obviously, um, for Dylan Levitt, who didn't have his greatest performance, but again improved the improved the quality of player that we had on the park, and we didn't look in a worse place. Whereas prior to the end of the January window, and even towards the end of the year last year, we're bringing players on, and we're not improving yeah. the, the quality of the player that we've got on the pitch there. You touched on... Um, the game at the weekend there obviously we brought on lots of quality but the biggest thing for me was not only the fact that we kept the same back five but the players that scored the goals at the weekend I feel like were players that really needed to score those goals um, obviously Malida was was probably going in anyway because it was going to the other side of the other side of the goal so um, listen he started his Hibs career really really well really strong performance against Kilmarnock got a goal as well well taken goal Really, really strong performance against Celtic as well, which was great to see. And then obviously the weekend there, uh, another goal. Um, so he's, he's fitted right into the team and he gives us a different dimension going forward, whether it be out wide or whether it be through the middle. Um, he does look to have real quality as well. We've obviously touched on the quality of having Martin Boyle back as well, but his goal contributions this season have been nowhere near his standard and his level of performance has been nowhere near his standard as well. So it'll do him the world of good. Um, to be back out wide right, like I alluded to earlier on, um, and getting a goal. And hang on, when you're playing, when you're a, when you're a player and you're playing with better players, mm-hmm. actually, it's going to 100%. going to improve your your level of performance. But I mean, just yeah. uh, going back to Mizzy and there, you can absolutely see why Barcelona wanted them not that long ago, and he is he's a real real talent. Uh, we're, we're quite lucky that we've been able to bring him into your A rank. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Sean Sean's highlighted a lot of his, his good attributes. He's, I find him to be a very direct player, and he's a powerful runner. Um, he's really strong when he's on the dribble. Uh, you've seen that in his goal. He turns and, you know, a wee bit of a, a, a body swerve, and he, he puts his carriga on the floor, and it just goes <laughs> right up for him. And I would I would agree with Sean. His initial shot looked like it was arrowing into the corner, but that that's what I think he gives you when he plays centrally. He's really direct, and he, he is bullish. You've seen him do that against Celtic. I mean, he even tried the overhead kick and his technique was on point. You know, you've seen many a player do that and it ends up in the famous five or, or wherever. So I think he'll, going forward this season, he will be a, a key factor to, to what we've got to offer. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I can't say more about the shape and how much has helped us. It, it's been, you know, a key thing over the last two games. It just it benefits the players we've got, you know, as opposed to, again, Sean saying about pigeonholing players into positions, it makes it really fluid and free-flowing and these guys can kind of interchange in the middle of the park where somebody might sit deeper and I just think it really, really benefits us as a whole and we're starting to reap the benefits of that with performances, obviously we need to turn that into results going into Aberdeen, which will be difficult, but I think it gives us much more of a chance than it would have done a couple of weeks ago. 100%, I mean I think that the the pressure is alleviating a little bit on Nick Montgomery now. Not that I thought it should have been there in the first place, but you know when when you put together a run of results like we did, there's always going to be people talking. So it's uh, maybe giving him a little bit more belief that he is you know good enough for this for this division. He'll be thinking you know I can I can put these players out and tell them what to do, and, and they will they will do what I want to do and put put uh, performances in, and we'll get results on the back of that. You know I've got absolutely no. No doubts, you know, the the squad of players that we've got available to us now that, that we will manage to do that. Looking ahead to Saturday, though, 
it's going to be a tough game, Sean. Um, I know we've won up there already this season. Uh, beat them at home. Obviously, they beat us at Hamden, but you know that they're, they're kind of. I, I don't want to say they're starting to turn and finding a little bit of form um, because it might just be, you know, the new Warnock bounce. Um, but you know, I don't feel like they should really be in that position in the league anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, with the squad of players they've got. I mean, they're, you know, I feel like we see it every week. But you know, us Hearts and Aberdeen were really quite similar in terms of levels of where the squads are at. But I mean, Bojemiovsky, what a player. He's going to be a real danger on Saturday. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, but to be fair, if the manager bounce at Aberdeen consists of only beating Bonnerick Rose, <laughs> then I'd still be concerned. They were lucky the other night, obviously, that Dundee got a result and stopped them from, stopped St. Johnston from overtaking them and putting them down to 10th down to in the league. Touched on Mayovsky, and you're right, it's, it's him and Shankland are the two best strikers at the moment, form-wise, in, in the country. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't have, you know, a whole load of attacking talent ourselves. We've beat them twice 2-0 this season already. Um, arguably, we're in a better position now on the pitch anyway, in regards to quality of player, um, than where they have been and where they are at the moment, in my opinion. Both times that we played them, we seem to, you know, if we exclude obviously the, the cup game, we seem to be in a little bit of transition, not really knowing what our full identity was and the players maybe not fully understanding the, the instructions at the time. One under David Gray, of course. Two great performances, two great you know, wins. Um, but for me, the fact that Elliot Ewan managed to get a goal at the weekend as well will we'll set him in good stead going into the weekend's game. His confidence will be a little bit high, albeit it's a two-yard tap-in. Great team oh, goal. Okay, it's it's just it's just what's needed. Do you know what I mean? I think I, I mentioned last night when we were um, when we were recording, he scored what sixteen goals and assists in thirty six games or something like that. I mean that's outrageous. And outrageous the uh, return for someone who plays mostly out wide. I mean, yeah, his numbers his numbers are really really good. Obviously, he gives us very little defensively. Um, obviously, there's that clip, the screenshot going about for the Celtic game, the challenge that he shattered off, and rightly so, like he should have put his body into it, but I think people are doing a little bit of a disservice there, because the ball's going away from him, and it's coming towards Tony Ralston, so the screenshot is a bit unjust, but he still should have been doing a little bit more, and we need a little bit more fight from him defensively, but attacking wise, definitely before the window I said it, and I'll say it again, he's our most technically gifted attacker obviously that's up for debate now the fact that we've got mm-hmm. uh, Malida, uh, Malida, 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 Malida. Malida. Um, and Marpondes now because they're of a completely different quality. But he looks like to be on a similar par with them when he's on the pitch and when yeah. they're playing. Um, so I think if we can get our technical players on the pitch and the ones that are most technically gifted and giving us the best chance at the weekend, I think we'll... we'll have a real good chance of getting the three points again. A hundred, a hundred percent. I mean, see, when you're talking about that challenge, and I, I know this is all kind of disjointed and jumping from back to forth with the Celtic game, Aberdeen and fucking Inverness and all the rest of it. But that um, that clip there, the the challenge and that he, he didn't make against Tony Ralston, that's not his game. I don't think like his game no. is to. You can see what he's wanting to do is is get in there before him and nick it away from Ralston. So the Ralston then commits and Yuan's got that space then in behind to run into it. You know, you can you can tell that's what he wants to do and it doesn't come off and I feel like it got an awful lot of heat for, I mean, Sean, you said it yourself, I don't quite agree, but um, shitting out the challenge, I don't think that's what he was trying to do. I think he was just trying to be too, too clever and uh, and nick it away from him. But, you know, I, I, do, I do absolutely wholeheartedly agree that he's, if not our best, he's definitely one of the best technical footballers that we have at the club at the moment and you know, we're, we're again in, in a, a lucky spot to have someone like him, not everyone in the, in the league is, is blessed with, with players like like Eli Yuan, so it's it's good that we've got someone like that and you know that that goal and assist return and th- what, was, what was it, sorry 34 games, 16 goals and assists so, uh, 16, 16 goals and assists yeah, that's a, that is outrageous you know for someone that plays for Hibs it's kind of that's what a goal or assist every two games ish, two point five yep. games something like that. So, you know that's a that is pretty outrageous. But um, let's talk a little bit more about Aberdeen Ryan. And before we get on to the game, listen, how box office is it have a new one? I can't Oh mate. So 
probably like everybody else is i've watched a lot of his youtube stuff it's absolutely top draw like so funny so funny and he's a, he's an absolute character i mean even at his age he's still really funny in his pe press conferences and his interviews and stuff like that so to have him in the league is it adds value it does add value oh, a million percent, yeah. and he's good yeah he's funny he's, he's a likable guy for, for me um as for a manager bounce, mm, I, I'm not 100% sure because Bonnie Riggs Rose actually had more of the ball than Aberdeen <laughs> at the weekend, which is quite alarming if you're an Aberdeen fan. But listen, I think we've got to take a lot from the last two games. Despite getting beat by Celtic, you got to remember the reigning champions and it was two penalties. They didn't really break us down in any form. They would have had a lot of shots at goal, but did they ever get really right in behind us? I can't, mm. can't really remember them cutting, cutting us open. Most of the game was played in front of the the two banks that we had kind of setting up to block them out. So, again, and yeah, yeah, we did. And again, the shape will contribute to that because it gives you um, somebody that lies a bit deeper that can screen the back four uh, and kind of help out in fullback areas. Again, so you don't have that numerical triangular advantage to play around you, which I think will benefit us playing against Aberdeen, trying to block the passing lanes into the feet of Mayoski or into the channels. So having somebody that can just screen side to side will be of, of great value for us. Um, but again, uh, momentum, we've had four different goal scorers in our last two games, which which is good. We've, we've taken the reliance off maybe one or two players and spread that around the team. Um, we've also had 26 shots in our last two games, which is a big difference to maybe the four or five previous to that, because I know a lot of people had maybe been a bit upset that we hadn't been as attacking as they would like to see him. So... The last two, the last two games definitely shows that we are capable of that, and whether that's the the recruits kind of contributing to that, or or the shape, or the the heated discussion after the St Mirren game, it's, it's definitely what. Um, so I'd be looking to get to again take that into the game against Aberdeen. Pataudry is a historically hard place to go, um, and we've not had great success there over the last three or four years, so. We're hoping to kind of change that and, and emulate what we done earlier in the season when David Gray was there. It was a bit of a snatch and grab, I would say, considering we just lost our first three league games and sacked the manager. Mm -hmm. So I would say we're definitely going into it with a bit more momentum now, albeit a game and a half, two games worth of momentum. It still, still counts. Definitely a tough place to go, but I feel like it's a, a place the, that, you know, although in recent years it's not been very favourable for us, it's not somewhere that we should be afraid to go uh, and play football. Um, the Aberdeen now are nowhere near the levels of the McInnes Aberdeen what four or five years ago. So, um, you know, obviously they do have Miovsky. They've got a couple of half decent players. You know, we Leighton Clarkson's a good player. Um, but you know, you look at it man for man, and they're they're not better than Hibs. Um, you know, squad wise. So. We should really be looking to go up there and get three points. But Sean, just quickly ask Ryan, I want, I want to find out your take on Neil Warnock. How happy are you that he's in the league? We're in fucking Aberdeen now. That's the difference. <laughs> well, what's ironic, Liam? You've just spent the last couple of minutes going on about that, right? And your Wi-Fi is obviously funny and dropped. And we heard virtually none of that. Yeah, oh, not you're a word. Aye. That's why we just... <laughs> I, was, I was looking at it again. I was just talking about uh, fucking Neil Warnock, to be honest. So, Sean, Dude, just tell me about, about Neil Warnock. Uh, on you go, Sean. Do you know what? He is box office, right? And Craig alluded to it last week about, like, season ticket for life if Hibs, you know, signed up. Well, not signed him, sorry. Brought him in as our manager. I wouldn't be happy with some of the comments he's been coming out with, by the way. This is what I was thinking. Eh? When he's talking mean... about his mates having like days out at Ibrox and going to like orange bars and stuff like that. Like, he's right in the He'd get on very well with you and Mark, I reckon, but <laughs> I don't think he'd get on very well with the vast majority that had support, that's for sure. But the thing is, like, I'm sure Monty had him. As a manager at some point, yeah, he did, as well, and I know, yeah, I because Monty said that he's wished them happy retirement about six times. <laughs> so it'll be an interesting, it'll be an interesting game, it'll be an interesting matchup as well. Um, listen, the performance that Aberdeen put in at, at Ibrox was was relatively strong. Um, 
Neil Warnock did certainly look like he, he had them up for the fight. And listen, Bonnie Gross is was just a, a professional performance from them. 2 0, job done, see you later in the next round of the hat. So, next round of the hat, next round of the cup. So, um, Listen, it is what it is. I think if, just to touch on what Ryan's already said, if we can go in and put a level of performance in some kind um, and try and emulate what we've done earlier on in the season, then that'll be great. I think we are slowly getting towards a better p- position to be able to do that now as well. We have a lot more of our, our individual performers getting up to speed. I would, I said it last week, I'll say it again. I want Luke Amos and Mariah Welsh in the same midfield. I want those two together. They're two very, very talented individuals and I think they complement each other very, very well. So it would be really good if we can get them in as a three um, and then obviously have Joe Newell in and around them. Joe Newell's obviously came under a wee bit of flack uh, in recent weeks, but his last couple of performances have been good, back to what we would expect from a captain and a leader in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're able to get Marcondes back into that starting 11 if he's fully fit and you've got Boyle and Eli Yuan as well, um, and then, it, do you know what I mean? It just screams like a very attacking side. It screams like a very good side. Um, I don't know how we'd be able to fit all that attacking attacking talent into the starting 11, but if we can find a way of doing that, and more importantly, keeping our, our back line as solid as, as we can, I think we'll stand ourselves in good stead because Triantis hasn't had the you know, strongest of starts to his career. had a very tough week. Obviously, the St. Mirren game getting chucked under the bus and getting put straight in, but no one performed well in that game. Better level of performance against Celtic as well. A couple of shaky moments, but listen, it's to be expected because he's not been up to speed um, and he's not played that much this season as well. But touched on it last night, I'll say it again. Nick Montgomery knows exactly what that kind of boy is going to give us. You know, half our back line has now been coached by Monty before. So Monty knows exactly what he could get out of these players and how far he can push them. And they'll have a better level of personal relationship with him. So he can maybe demand a wee bit more than he probably would off a Will Fish or a Jordan or Beat at the moment. Um, whereas they might take things to heart or they might not be able to take it on board as quickly. Whereas the other two have, have lived and breathed it under Nick Montgomery for a good while now. So um, I think I think if we can keep our back five as strong as and as solid as that, um, and Nick Montgomery can maybe squeeze a wee bit more out of them, defensively we'll be okay. And like I said, if we can, if we can get it. Um, Amos and Mariah Welsh in the same midfield then we're laughing yeah I think after that Sean this is what we should be expecting next season surely we'll see we'll hear a wee bit of that you said on next year eh? the league flag is coming home absolutely Um, again said it last night but I'll say it again See, see his physique and, and his frame and his stature as a person. Uh, he is ideal to play centre-half. He's a big guy, big, strong lad. Seems fit and he progresses the ball really well from the back, which initiates attacks from there. Um, I know he had a couple of wayward passes against Celtic, but he's he's still kind of settling in. He's been in the cold for a long time. But again, I think the next couple of months, he will be a, a key part of the team in, in terms of the principles and the way that Montgomery wants his teams to play. And that's exactly why he's brought them in. Absolutely. Listen, we are going to wrap up here and move on to our listener questions for this week. Now it's time to enter the Hib Ramble listener questions. Okay, so last night, what we did was we went through the questions from after the Celtic game and the questions from after the Inverness game, but... I don't think the questions from the Celtic game are really that relevant now, considering what we've chatted about uh, in in tonight's episode. So we'll just have a look at the questions for after the Inverness game. And you did tell me last night, Sean, that John asked on Instagram what's for dinner. So, um, yes, John. In what? Let's go through last night's dinners as well, because I feel like last night's dinners were good as well. So last night I had beef stew and mashed ties that was homemade by my mother. She dropped it off yesterday and it was stupendous. Stupendous. It was <laughs> unreal. <laughs> Ryan, what did you have for your tea last night and what are you having for your tea tonight? Right, so I don't know what I'm having tonight. That's up to the boss who's going to cook something. But last night I had um, pulled pork kalimi bow buns with like oh. spring onions and red lettuce and, and some Mexican rice on the side. Oh, yeah. And I'm mixing continents there with what's on the plate, but it went well. It was really nice. Bow buns are unbelievable. 
Intercontinental Championship winner, Ryan Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, what did you have? Uh, bacon and mushroom risotto last night. Went down a treat. Really, really good. I've got a um, chorizo creamy pasta bake on the menu this evening. And that, anything with chorizo is, is right on my street. So I'm excited for that. Looking forward to that. Ryan, the more, the more rambles that you're on, Ryan, you'll understand that every week... Um, when you ask Sean what's for dinner, it's either a risotto or a pasta. Yeah, hey, right. hey, Sean. Or, a, or, a, or a chicken and rice. That's the or only three. I have heard them talk about chorizo quite a bit as well. You're a big fan of chorizo, aren't you? Just chorizo. Tremendous. Love, love, love a sausage. We've got a... And a soft rim as well. Soft. Sean and me have got an understanding of each other already. It's It's been a fast process, <laughs> like... I'm, I'm going to go on Nando's tonight. Come on. I know his game, man. I know his game. What is your Nando's order? Mine. Aye. Mate, there's no Nando's for about 50 miles here. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you tried the Nando's mac and cheese? That. I've not actually, I've not tried it yet, but I might, I might get it tonight. My, highly recommend. My order is usually, I changed recently, actually. I used to get the butterfly chicken, but now I get the chicken thighs. Uh, medium spiced. I kind of fluctuate between the normal chips and the peri chips, so I don't know nah, what I'm going to get later. Right. And then the other, the other side is sometimes, sometimes it's the rice, sometimes it's the mash. Depends how hungry I am. I might, I might do double. I might do carb on carb, <laughs> mashing, mashing chips. But <laughs> I, I'm not too sure. And I also like the kind of halloumi dippers with the chili jam. They're very good. The tender stem broccoli for those um, is really good as well. See, I don't think I would waste a side on broccoli when, like, rice and chips and mashed ties are, you know, available. I feel like it's a bit of waste. What's your order, though, Sean? Tell me. Uh, I get the double cheese chicken wrap, um, but none of the none of the jam nonsense and that in there. Um, sometimes I do go mash, um, mash and corn on the cob, or normally. I'll get the the peri chips and I'll get the the broccoli. Last time I was there, I got a sharing platter with Chloe, and we got one of the um, chicken and chips sharing platters. It's huge, really, really good. So highly recommend one of those sharing platters as well. No, well, I'm quite hungry, so I might get one in for myself. Let's have it to you by Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> so like, please tell me your Nando's order. I can. There's no one. Nah, do you know what? I, I usually so I got one just before I got the train down to Birmingham, and it was just the butterfly chicken burger with the uh, peri peri chips on the side, and I I think it was mac and cheese as well as a side. You get mac and cheese as a side, eh? Uh, oh, do you get it as a side? Ah, it's uh, it's just a side. It's just a wee aye. side. So that was what I had. I that was what I had. I know. I'm going to have the frequent yeah. usually just because if I'm going out to the city, the big smoke, I would go out. Maybe a restaurant or something. I wouldn't go all the way there for Nando's. So yeah, convenience thing. No, I do love it. I've no. I mean, there's a Nando's just up the road for us, eh? But that's dangerous, lad. Uh, um, well, mate, the thing is, we we hardly ever go to Nando's. There's a Nando's and a Tony Macaroni just up the road for us uh-huh. at the Street and Retail Park, and well, the the amount the amount of times that I've went past, I'm like, fucking, just really want to win, but I can't. We've got the parents, or you know what I mean. But we're we're, we're kids free the night, so. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a wee a wee Nando's day. I'm buzzing. Um, moving on though, because my mouth is starting to water, my belly's rumbling. Nah. Um, Colin McLennan's asking, do you believe Monte will get the high beef playing like he did against Calicut so regularly and qualify for Europe, Brian? I think there's definitely more of a chance that we'll play at that level more consistently now with the caliber and the quality of player and the way in which we're setting up European football. Will be difficult now, given where we are in the league. At this moment in time, we've got some hard fixtures coming up. But if we carry that level of performance on to the next, well, we've got Aberdeen, Dundee, Hearts, Ross County twice. Is that right? Yeah. If we yeah. carry that level of performance on to then, that'll definitely kickstart and, and shoot us up the table. Um, winnable games. Winnable yeah, games. And yeah. I think even when you're playing teams like Aberdeen and, and Dun- even Dundee this season, I think... If you're winning games like that, it's definitely setting a marker. I think the the Hearts game is, you know, in its own sort of ecosystem. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't look at that the same as you look at, 
you know, other games like against Dundee and, and Aberdeen, for example. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it stands on its own a little bit that game, doesn't it? For, yeah. for, for a, a whole variety of reasons, but in the bigger picture, it's important um, to the European push. It is every year, but it's important for a lot of reasons. However, I do think off the back of the last two, two games and the, the window, I think there's a much bigger chance that we could qualify for Europe now. 100%. I mean, just need to win the cup, like, but. That'll yeah. do. That'll do. That's <laughs> fine, man. I'll take it. I'll so take what, it. Be I mean, it but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, Sean, we've got Haley asking, How long do you get in the jail for stealing a song you've been singing since the 80s? Come on to me, I gave me this question. Yeah. So, I was. I was in the gym at the time when I saw the original tweet and it rattled me. It genuinely did rattle me. I typed out a few tweets and thankfully I deleted them. Um, bit my tongue a wee bit because I knew that other Hibs fans would jump on it and and, and go for it. Um, I don't understand how... Listen, certain clubs, clubs down south do it quite a lot where loads of teams have a similar song and then it's maybe just changed the words and things like that. And it's similar in this instance where Hibs and Hearts have both had this song for decades. Um, mate of mine was saying that they've sung it since maybe the nineties. I've sung it my whole life, which is obviously th- through the nineties. Um, I know for a fact it was sung in the eighties as well. It was. It's just a song that's been passed down through generation and generation. But now that social media is such a big thing, one person, you know, records something and and puts it on, and and then it just spirals out of control for there, and people jump on it, and naturally, Hearts fans aren't. Necessary, especially the younger generation of Hearts fans, aren't they going to hear us singing about it? Or because they're not Easter Road, or they're not going to be watching the games as much. But now, because of social media, you're going to see that kind of content a lot more. You're going to see songs that are sung genuinely. And I said this last night within the last five years, I can't remember Hearts or ever hearing Hearts fans sing it, but I'm not a Tin Castle. Mm-hmm. I would expect a song like that, which is a traditional song, an old school song. Um, to be sung a little bit more often and be sung at big games like we literally as a club had one on a recorded album for like the 80s or the 90s or whenever that album was recorded so it's it's been in and around the club for a long period of time but listen if some wee specky weirdo on and that that isn't that isn't that isn't directed to that that is not directed to Aaron Fraser I've spoke to him a good few times he's a good lad um, unfortunately, he just wears the wrong colour of clothing every every weekend. Um, that if other specky weirdos want to assume that we've only started singing that in the last couple of weeks because Hearts have started singing it, then crack on, lads. <laughs> we've been singing it for upwards of 40 years. Well, Campbell, Sean, I'm really glad to see that it's not touched on him with you. <laughs> not rattled. <man. laughs> Uh, and we'll round off actually see just before I go on to the last question um, you were saying oh social media it's a different different life and time now but I managed to shoehorn it in last night but because um, obviously we, we kind of lost the recording I, w- I want to talk about you know the, the Chris Cadden dance and it did get 1.2 million views um, oh, <laughs> on Twitter you know uh, Ryan you said yesterday that it put us on the map Fucking right, it did. Um, I put Rumble on the map big time, big time. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually glad. I'm glad that uh, Chris Caron didn't score at the weekend because I would have been too blotto to see his celebration. He has actually promised us. Um, I don't think I should be revealing this, but he's promised us in an Instagram DM that the next time he scores, uh, he will do that dance as his celebration. So <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We see that this season. Um, but no, I think I just had to shoot on that again. You know what I mean? Um, I was very natural general... that transition into you talking about the 1.6 million views. Eh? <laughs> you give right me, you <laughs> me an extra 400,000 views here, Ryan. Um, I love you. By the time this I episode's out, there'll be an extra 400,000. Don't worry about that. No, listen, man, that would have been a big thing for, for traction and scope. Like, folk doing like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> but I think a lot of people didn't understand that it was it was one of us that was doing the dance. I thought they just thought that we put the video up, hey, but no, I mean, I got uh, a lot of, even people like people. Let's not forget team. that 1 million of those 1.2 million views are actually Liam. Yeah, just watching I'm going to put it on repeat all the time, man. But uh, no, let's wrap up with uh, the final question we've got um, from Twitter this evening. 
and it's from John Tolmey, and he says, how much shite does Tolmey Senior talk on a scale of 1 to 10? And now this is brought into context by the fact that um, me, Mark and Paddy and my dad were on the same bus as John Tolmey's dad uh, on the way up and the way back from Inverness, which I didn't realise until we got to Inverness and he was talking about his laddie. He was like, oh, my laddie went on this podcast uh, not that long ago. I was like, oh, what podcast? He went, Hibs Rambler. I went, fuck, that's my podcast. <laughs> so uh, we found out <laughs> we, were, we spent all all morning and afternoon with John Tommy's dad. But no, he does talk an awful lot of shite. So I'm going to go a 10 out of 10 uh, for that, John. So I hope, I hope you're happy with that. And I hope uh, Tommy Senior is also very happy with that. But listen, lads, thank you very much for joining me this evening. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there because I am absolutely starving and I'm desperate on an Andos. Um Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. And if you've got this far, uh, of course, you can get involved on, on uh, the Twitter. We're at the Hibs Rambo on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all, all that jazz. Um and yeah, let us know what you think of the new system. If you think it sounds, if it sounds better, if it looks better, uh, if you're happy with this, so um, most definitely does. I think I think it does. But um, you know, the listeners are the most important, the most important opinions that we can get, Sean. So no, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming along on the ride, and we'll be back to talk about the Aberdeen game next week. I was going to say next Monday, but I'm not too sure if we're going to be back next Monday. It just depends. But yeah, thanks for joining me, lads. Cheers. Catch you later. See you later. Bye. 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 Let's get ready to rumble.